Children out the door. This is for adults only here today, friends. <laughs> friends, I want to encourage you to take your copy of the scriptures and buckle up today. Buckle up. We're going to talk about a hard truth here today. Something maybe you're not familiar with, maybe you've come across it casually in the past, but today we're going to hit it pretty hard. And we're going to do this in a very familiar account, Daniel chapter 6, Daniel chapter 6. Today, my friends, I want to talk to you about this truth, and the truth is this, that there is a real danger in living safely. Now, that sounds like an oxymoron. How could safe be dangerous? Inside every last one of us here, there is this innate need for survival, for safety. We, we have developed these uh, spider senses, if you like Spider-Man. And we know what causes us to be a little uncomfortable, a little uneasy. And we do everything we can to stay safe. It's one of the reasons you guys never dance with that brown-eyed girl. Well, what if she, what would, maybe she said, maybe I don't know. One of the reasons girls, you don't like to speak up because everything comes out all at once and none of it makes any sense. Scary moments, my friends. Doesn't sound very dangerous. But friends, those are just the entry-level fears. It gets worse. What if I stand up and I talk to something and they're uncomfortable or they laugh at me? Maybe there's a guy here who never went out for basketball because you were afraid you'd get caught. And fear begins to rule your life. It tells you like a master what you can do and what you can't do. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Fear. Fear that says do whatever you can to make sure you're comfortable. It's a dangerous thing, my friends. Today, we are going to witness a man who had to make a choice between safety and the glory of God. Safety. It's a dangerous world out there. Keep your head low. Keep it on a swivel. Make sure you know where everyone else is so you can follow them along, my friends. Be safe. Friends, I'm not talking about being reckless here. I'm talking about doing the right thing when it may cost you everything. Daniel chapter 6. Friends, you know the account it's a dangerous world. These, uh, these Israelites have been taken captive into this land that is not their own. And the culture is not only different, it is hostile. I mean, already we have seen how this king in his arrogance has, has put up this enormous statue of himself in order that he might be worshipped as a god. Ninety feet tall, nine feet wide. When you hear the music play, you get down on your knees and begin to pray. And suddenly the strategies go through your mind. How do you not stand out and still kind of say no? But there were three young men who said, 
mm, not going to bow. Don't matter what it costs, I will not bow to a God that is not. They threw him in a fiery furnace. You remember those words? Friends, do they still ring in your ear? Our God can save us, but even if he will not, we will not bow. Friends, we bow all the time, adopting the language and the culture, squeezing us into its mold. Friends, I'm talking about living faithfully regardless of the cost. Turn with me again, Daniel chapter 6. Now, as you have seen, uh, as we've studied this book, Daniel and his friends begin to stand out. And friends, when you stand out, you become a target. And that is precisely what happens here in Daniel chapter 6. You will notice that this chapter begins with a promotion. Now, friends, a great transition has taken place here from chapter 5 to chapter 6. You remember King Belshazzar, he's dead. I mean, in this guy's arrogance, yet once again, having not learned the lesson that God had provided, he would not humble himself. The Medes and the Persians, they are at the gate, and this guy's throwing a party. Well, friends, we have this transition of power now, and Darius the Mede is now the big dude in town. Take a look, if you will, in verse 1. It pleased Darius. He's the new guy in town. And we're going to see Daniel beginning with a promotion here. We've got this new ruler in town, Darius the Mede. And it pleased Darius to come up with a new plan. (coughs) And that plan, we see here, is to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom And over those 120 here, verse 2 tells us, over them will be three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give an account so that the king might suffer no loss. And as we would anticipate knowing something about the life of Daniel and the man, verse 3 tells us, then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps. Why? Because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the the whole kingdom. And so here is this Daniel with this new position. He is just on the verge yet once again of this great promotion. Now, friends, as you and I both know, When people begin to stand up and stand out, others begin to plot their demise. And that is precisely what happens here. Notice, if you will, in verse 4, a jealous plot begins to arise. And here in verse 4, we see their malicious scheme. Verse 4, then, the high officials and the satraps brought uh, sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But friends, I, I want you to underline this in your Bible. Go home and memorize it and start adding it to your prayers, friends. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault. Why? Because he was faithful. 
and no error where fault was found in him. Daniel, in, in this, this new world, thrust into this, this kingdom and this place, he didn't hate him. God brought him here. Everybody around him seemed to hate him. And the only reason he was promoted is he was useful to Darius. And here they are at it again. We got to get rid of this punk. But initially, this scheme is foiled by Daniel's faithfulness. And so the fact that they found him to be faithful became the very way in which they would cause his undoing. Verse 5, then these men said, we, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this, this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Imagine such a reputation, so faithful to his God, they knew they could count on it. Think about your own life for a moment. If there was a thief casing houses in your neighborhood, would they know without a shadow of a doubt you'd be in the house of God on Sunday morning? What kind of habits have you developed in your life that people could count on? Yeah, I know where he'll be. He'll be praying. He goes to that Bible study every, you know, whenever they meet. And he's always talking about it the next day. Is your faithfulness so obvious to others? If they wanted to plan your undoing, they could use it. That's precisely what these people did. And they came up with this foolproof strategy. Verse 6, then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. And all the high officials of the kingdom and the prefects and the satraps and the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. And there it is. They want this guy dead. And they know something about Daniel that he will not give this up. He will not turn away from his god. He will not shrink back. And just keep his relationship with God personal. They could count on it. Friends, does that rattle your cage a bit? Because it sure does mine. You know, there's, there's a lot of things we say we would die for. The fact is, friends, dying is a whole lot harder than living for those things. Day after day moment by moment, living in fellowship, communion, faithful to him, day after day. That's Daniel. That's Daniel. This is not some class or some sermon. He chose to live this way, even in the most difficult of circumstances. And so here we find this foolproof strategy set in place. 
But when we come to verse 8 through 15, we see and we know that this is going to be short-term success. So Darius signs this new law. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. You know, just in case the king has a soft heart. Oh, no. Well, therefore, verse 9, King Darius signed the document and injunction. And so there they are where Darius signs this new law, but we find Daniel in verse 10 obeying a higher law. Verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went into his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem, and he got down on his knees three times a day, and he prayed And he gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. They caught him in his faithfulness to God. Did he know that his life was on the line? (laughs) Absolutely he did, friends. He knew the law. He knew the strategy. But he made a choice. Well, I should rather be faithful to God than unfaithfully dishonoring him in my life, though it may be shortened. Well, as you would expect, they were all excited and the voices raised a pitch or two in their excitement. You can just hear it. And then they came near and said, A king, 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 king! Concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign this injunction? (laughs) He did. And then anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. And the king answered and said, the thing stands fast, according to the law and the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. And they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah. He pays no attention to you, king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And they think they got him. Oh, they got him good now. You know, I'll bet you they went home and they told their wives, and we got him, we got him, we got him. But I want you to notice verse 14. In verses 14 to 28, friends, we have seen Daniel's promotion, this jealous plot. And yet once again, God honors those who honor him. God's protection. The king's dilemma now is he is stuck with this, of course, because again, the laws of the Medes and Persians can never be changed. Little chorus sung as a ditty over and over again, it seems. And then the king, when he heard these words, again, verse 14, he was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. And then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, 
No, O king, that it is a law of the Medes of the Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. And here, having seen the king's dilemma, in verses 16 to 18, we see the king's duty. He does his job, just as you would expect, playing it safe. Well, then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. And the king declared to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, imagine that reputation, the God whom you serve continually. There was no doubt about this guy, my friends. Is there any doubt about you? May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of the Lord's that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and sleep fled from him. And then at the break of day, we discover the king's delight. The king arose, and he went with haste to the den of lions, and he came near to the den where Daniel was, and he cried out in a tone of anguish. And the king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, serving of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said to the king, probably just waking up, uh, King, uh, live forever. Um, <laughs> my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. And so Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him. Why? Because he had trusted in his God. Friends, do not let fear rule you. The same God that shut the mouths of these lions is the God who is powerfully at work in your life. You have, if you are a follower of Christ, the spirit of God in you. You lack no power. You lack no wisdom. I don't know what I'll say. I don't know how I'll do it. If it is in obedience to God and for the glory of God, you will have every resource of heaven. You have nothing for which to fear. Fear must be put aside for faithfulness. For God will either be glorified in your life or in your death. And friends, if that isn't the most important thing, you've got a few other things to work out in your life. You will live forever in the presence of God as his child. And this life is as nothing compared to eternity with him. Use it well. Choose wisely. Friends, put, put down the petty arguments. 
the little attitudes about people and love them. Love them with the power of the Spirit of God and the wisdom of the Spirit of God. All for the glory of God. Is he not worth it to you? I mean, here is Daniel who somehow in his mind decided that God was worth it. The only question that matters here is what about you and what about me? Is God worthy of living a little dangerously? I'm not saying recklessly here, my friends. But when God calls you, and you know what I'm saying, this is the time and the door is swung wide open and I should talk to this person. Tell me to go away because you run through in your head, but what if they think I'm weird and what if they laugh at me or what if they tell me to go away because I'm crazy? What if God led you there for his glory and the good of the person to hear it and perhaps they don't change that day? In the shower this morning, don't picture that, please. Um, I was thinking about Dennis Doolin today. You don't know who he is. He was a Sunday school teacher at my church when I was in high school. A friendly, encouraging, want-to-be-godly man. And God used just that in my life, his, his attempt. He wasn't a great Sunday school teacher in that he didn't have a great understanding of the word of God, but he had a heart for us teens. And he wanted us to understand these things and, and get it from just hearing to understanding to living. I mean, you won't ever read about him in a book, you know, and this may be the only story, and by the time I'm done telling it, you already forgot his name. Here's just a guy who said, I sense God leading me to do this. And it doesn't matter if I feel like I'm the one qualified to do it or not. If God has called you to do it, it is going to have the greatest impact it could. Don't look to somebody else and say they have more experience, say they have a different personality or, or whatever. If God has called you, just step up. Just do it. Put the fear behind and be faithful to God. I wonder even now if the Spirit of God isn't poking you in the chest a bit about something you know you ought to be doing and you've just, you know, stood up and justified yourself and I'm not gonna. No, not me. And it's okay because I don't feel called. Well, I do feel a little called, but friends, just do it. Be faithful to God. He honors those who honor him. Friends, we have this incredible miracle here. And we tell it like it doesn't even exist. Because you heard it as a little kid in one of those weird little cartoon books, you know. And the angel, and they closed all their mouths. And, and like it didn't happen, friends. This is the word of God recorded and preserved for you to hear this and know this. That the same God that worked in Daniel's life is already at work in your life. But friends, if you keep shrinking back, you'll never see it. You'll never see it. Well, friends, there is this phrase, perhaps you've heard, what goes around comes around. You will reap what you sow 
And here in verse 24, we find the resolve of how this scheme worked out. Having seen that Daniel has been delivered because he trusted in his God, verse 24, and the king commanded that those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. Unless you think the lions had tummy aches and they just weren't hungry, friends. They, their children, and their wives, and before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions had overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. God knows how to save the righteous and punish the wicked, my friends. Which one are you? In verse 25, here is Darius the Mede. The king, Darius, wrote to all the peoples and nations and languages that dwell in the earth. (coughs) And the guy who just threw all these people to the lions says, peace be multiplied to you. Verse 26, I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble in fear before God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever, and his kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and he rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. And he who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel, you know, the the Daniel that trusted God, that lived faithfully in a relationship with God. This Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. My friends, if God comes first, safety and security must come second. There are circumstances and situations where you will throw all fear to the wind and jump in, having something perhaps to do with your children. You know, five children, one of them awaits us. But I've watched my wife go through childbirth. And having gone through it the first time, you would think she would have learned. (laughs) It is amazing what you will do endure for your children. It is amazing what you will endure for that which truly matters. So it all comes down to what you believe. If God is first, safety must come second. It is better to die faithful than to deny God. So be faithful to God. Be faithful. Honor what you have committed to do, my friends. Honor what you have been called to do in the way that you speak, in the manner in which you live, in the priorities you pursue. Be faithful to God. Practice your trust in God. My friends, faith is simply this. God told me to do it, so I did it. And it didn't matter the circumstances or the potential outcome. Faith is, I know this is what I should do and I do it. That is faith. You leave the outcome to God. 
Friends, this is not making up your own things. This is, faith is a response to God. He is the object of our faith and the initiator of our faith, my friends. And I ask you this, when's the last time you've trusted God? You listed out all your reasons and your fears and you did it anyway because that's what God called you to do. To speak up, to stand up, or to get moving. To volunteer someplace where you were unsure of, but you sensed that God was calling you there. Practice your trust in God, my friends. And know this, rarely does playing it safe honor God. And safety has a whole lot more to do with us than God. Move beyond your fears to what matters. Live for him. Honor him. And he will honor you. When you serve him, you will see his power. And when you serve him faithfully, others will see his glory.